Welcome to Geek Therapy. On this episode, I'm interviewing somebody who interviewed me. Hey everybody, Josue here. Laura and I are on vacation, so we don't have our usual episode this week. Instead, what I have for you is an interview that I did with Brad Fay and Kelsey Dickerson. They are producing a documentary on the positive effects of geek culture. So as you can imagine, I was very excited about a project like that. So when Brad contacted me to interview me, I was incredibly excited and... Man, it was it was so great to be asked to be a part of something like that. And I had a great time with Brad and Kelsey, and I, I wanted to interview them about the project that they're doing. So check out this interview. It is me and Brad and Kelsey in this weird, very empty uh, office building in the middle of Manhattan. So it's it sounds a little weird. We we allude to how creepy the space is <laughs> and it's noisy Manhattan in the background, but it's a lot of fun. They have some great stories and I really love the project that they're doing. And you can find out more about them at SuperheroFaces.com and I'll put information, links, Twitter links, all that stuff in the show notes. And as always, you can find more Geek Therapy at GeekTherapy.com or find us at Geek Therapy on Twitter. So here's the interview. Enjoy. Brad, Kelsey. Hello. Hello, hello. And this is the creepiest setting for a podcast ever. <laughs> Oh, this is fantastic. Okay, so why 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 are we here? What are you doing? What did you put me through for for an hour and a half? It'll take an hour and tops. <laughs> <laughs> a little more than an hour. Um, Kelsey and I are working on a feature documentary, kind of talking about the power of popular culture and its ability to empower not only individuals but ideally communities and kind of make the world a better place through the fictional stories that we follow. And I would just say that it's your fault for being so interesting that we kept you here for so long. Um, oh, no, not to anyone else that we've interviewed, but you were definitely great to interview. So thank you for... I know everybody else you interviewed. I'm telling them. <laughs> I'm, I'm playing this for them. <laughs> well, not everybody. Does your project have a name yet? We don't. We don't have a working title, which is a, a gift and a curse at times because it makes us feel unprepared when people ask, what's the name of it? And we're like, uh. But Kelsey has made a good point in saying, you know, that moment's going to hit us when we get it. It'll be based off someone saying something at one point. Why limit ourselves now and settling for something when something better might come along at some point? Yeah. And I think that's the great thing about this project, too, is that we are kind of learning as we're going. So we really are letting it direct us you know anytime you go into a project and you just have an idea of like okay this is what's going to be and I'm going to fold like I'm going to mold it to be just that way you really don't get the full scope of everything in it and it really kind of hurts you in the end because there's been so many things that we've learned along the way that we didn't even necessarily think of that can really help others so that's been a really fun part of it yeah I mean it's super exciting for me when you reached out and essentially want to talk about like the, all the stuff I love, <laughs> right? Uh, it, it was great, and I'm looking forward to, to seeing what, what comes of this, right? Like I said, you, you've talked to a lot of people that I've talked to, mm-hmm. right, over the years because I was so interested in what they were doing and how they were doing things. So, like, I, 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 know, I know my story. What, what's, what's your story? Like, well, how did this get started? Why are you guys... Why? Why, Rad and Kelsey? Why? <laughs> the semi-abridged version, I guess, would be um, just growing up a geek, but knowing there was 
more to it than I can, you know, there was something about it I wasn't getting and there was something about it that was connecting me and made me feel like, okay, I'm supposed to do something with this, but I don't know what it is. And then honestly, listening to your podcast was when I first started to get a, yeah, okay, I like this. Like, and you would have guests on, you know, week after week and I'd say, I loved everything that person had to say. I loved everything that, you know, that person had to say. And, you know, I, a while back I, was, I started working on a book which basically talks about the, uh, why we relate to certain characters, why we relate to certain themes and kind of, uh, you know, going through different elements of the hero's journey and kind of saying like, how can we relate to those things in real life? And what I wanted to do was put a more modern spin on it and kind of say, um, you know, he, when Joseph Campbell wrote The Hero with a Thousand Faces, he was using a lot of examples of characters I was out of touch with. I wasn't remembering specific moments from the Odyssey. And, I, you know, when he said, oh, this is a metaphor when this happens in life, I'm like, okay, but I don't know the fictional example you're giving me. I can't connect with that. But what I fi started finding is... I didn't know King Arthur's stories very well, but I knew Batman's. And when I started to learn what it was he was talking about, I was like, oh, well, he should have just used Batman as an example. Then I would have got it right away. <laughs> and I started to see the power of you know, teaching through fictional characters, but it has to be a fictional character someone could relate to. If they've never seen a Harry Potter movie, they're not gonna get your Harry Potter examples. Um, so I was working on that book for a while, and then it was, I had recently gotten laid off of work, and I said, what is the one thing I want to make of this time? I have a little bit of time now in between jobs that I can afford to live, you know, without having a, a nine-to-five job. What's the one thing I most want to come out of this? And from your interviews with Janina Scarlett and Travis Langley and, you know, Patrick O'Connor and all these great people that I, you know, got to hear you interviewing, I said, a lot of these people usually don't have resources to video, so maybe I can help. Maybe I can help spread their message and what they're doing in ways that they might not otherwise have access to. Um, so I said I just want to dedicate the next few months to putting that together. And Kelsey has always rolled with the punches with me on anything we've ever done together. So it was the perfect person to bring on and say, like, do you want to co-produce this with me? Like, I have no plan. I don't know what I'm doing, but let's do it anyway. And of course, Kelsey being Kelsey was like right on. So I mean, that's how we ended up here now. You know, the best things come out of being laid off. I, I truly believe that. Man, yeah, or quitting, I guess. My story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been there. <clears throat> so now that we got all that stuff out of the way, what was it like to meet George R. R. Martin? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I still don't even think that we did it. I think, is this a dream right now? I don't even know if we've met you right now. Uh, it was incredible for me. You know, I can't even speak for anyone else. Like, I love Game of Thrones, and I am not the best at remembering all the characters' names and all the plots and everything like that, but... Just meeting him and really saying, you know what, like he's a person too, but he's the coolest person I think we've met so far just because he was so down to earth. He was so willing. I'll actually let Brad tell the story because it's really funny. We actually interviewed him in his hotel room in the middle of Tucson of all places. So don't worry, we didn't stalk him. But uh, it just kind of happened to work out perfectly. And I think Brad can tell that story a little bit better than I can. It's so bizarre. I reached out. I went on his website. I don't know. Like sometimes you get like the you feel like you know you can do anything, and you kind of feel like momentum's a crazy thing. And when things are going bad, you feel like nothing's ever gonna go right. And when things are going right, you feel like nothing's ever gonna go wrong. And I must have just been having a really good day where I felt like you know what I'm gonna go on George R. R. Martin's website, see if he has any appearances. Maybe we'll grab him for a little documentary. Oh yeah, just casually, <laughs> just casually you reach out to him. And it literally said on his website, future appearances. We're, we're based in, out of Phoenix. And it said, future appearances. 
Um, Tuscan, which is a very clever name. I really appreciate it. It's a sci-fi convention in Tucson, and it was, you know, October of 2016, and in London, 2018. I'm like, so if his two appearances in the next, you know, three years, one is in Tucson, Arizona, of all places, let me reach out to them and see if we can get an interview with him. So, you know, they said they were great. They said, you know, we can't promise you anything, but if you want to come down, we'll see what we can set up. So we ended up going down there, and then after the, they said, come up to the panel when it ends, and we'll introduce you. So the panel ends, all hell breaks loose because, you know, fans are coming up to him, he's got to get out of there, so he's leaving. One of the guys conducting the panel was nice enough to yell, hey, George, and then, you know, points to me and Kelsey, so he knows, like, okay, let me stop for these two people, I don't know why. And we came up to him and said, you know, we're doing a documentary, can we, can we speak to you? looks at his watch and goes, it's 1.15 now. At 1.30 come the 4.32. And we're like, okay. And he walks <laughs> off. So me and Kelsey just stood there for a little bit. And I'm used to like Comic Cons and things like that where there are panels and room numbers and everything like that. And, and it was at, it was at a, um, a Radisson Hotel. So I look at Kelsey and I'm like, did he just give us his hotel room number? And she's, yeah, I, th- I think he did. I'm like, did he just say, just come by his hotel room in 15 <laughs> minutes? Like, we have lights and equipment. And we, we go to his room, and he's just hanging out in the chair. And I was like, all right, what can I do for you guys? And we're like, are you really George R. R. Martin? You're like <laughs> someone messing with us right now. Like, and it was like the coolest guy. Was he wearing and suspenders just, and had a hat on? Was, oh. uh, was he wearing suspenders? Oh, yes. So it was him. Yep, it was yep, him. Yep, yeah. so, uh, but, I mean, I would have just believed anyone in suspenders at that point was George R. R. Martin. They could have run in anyone. But, yeah, it was, yeah, it was an amazing like, experience. We got to talk to him about comic books and all kinds of really cool stuff. So. Yeah, and if it wasn't him, it's the best cosplayer in the world, and they should probably (laughs) make a living out of it. Well, I guess they are, because he signed autographs for quite a while after that. Yeah. (laughs) Like, was there a particular reason why you wanted to talk to him, or were you just trying to... Well, I'm just interested in the creative process. Like, I'm interested in getting both um, perspectives on things. Like, someone like yourself who, you know, looks at things with a psychological background and, you know, might be able to explain to someone, like, okay, what you're feeling, and and giving a scientific name to it and not, I don't know, this sounds weird, but, like, being more credible, let's say, than... If someone at a comic book shop tells me you should read this book, you're going through a difficult time, they they might know and that that might be helpful, yeah. But then when when someone with like a background such as yours or someone who has a doctor and like does it, you trust in it a little bit more and you say like, okay, this might really help me. But I also like to get the other side and know if creators are doing this from like a conscious, pers- you know, are are you purposely including things in your work that people can look at metaphorically? Are you saying like, what do I want the theme of my book to be, or does that come more organically? And just me being interested in that process was enough to make me say, like, if I can get someone who's created, like, maybe the coolest universe that we've seen and the deepest universe we've seen in the past 40 years, maybe, that's pretty cool. You're a fan? A big fan. Yeah, big fan. <laughs> of George's, not of Game of Thrones. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, was, I mean, was there anything that he said that kind of, like, really, really spoke to, to the project, to, to what you're doing? Um. Me being a geek, I wasn't. We were talking to him. I wasn't even thinking about the project. I didn't even <laughs> care. I'm like, what has this guy experienced? What has he learned? And I thought one of the cool. I don't know how much it helps us in terms of the documentary, but I did think it was really interesting, cool that he pointed out Stan. He was. I knew he was a big comic book fan. Like, but I mean, it's one thing to be a comic book fan. It's one thing when someone talks and you're like, he really knows his stuff. Like, he's one of those guys. He really knows his stuff. Like, he knows like the debut years of characters. And you know, I brought up like that I owned the first appearance of Silver Surfer, and like he, you know, got it right in the wheelhouse of like when that was. And if that's like four number forty eight, I'm like, I think it's number forty nine, George. But that's really close. Like, so there were just a lot of those moments. And he was talking about how the thing 
was such a cool character to him when he was a kid because the thing isn't, wasn't a prototypical hero. And he said, you know, we take it for granted now because we see these characters. I don't want to be the hero or I'm not the, you know, Superman best looking hero in the world, but, you know, I'm a monster. And he said, like, the thing really connected with me because of that. So I'm, I'm working on a video right now kind of of him talking about Stanley, and I started seeing all the examples that you can find of that. Now, he doesn't say this, so this is complete speculation, but, like, I started looking at the Hound and being like, is the Hound his version of the thing? He's this big scarred guy that we're scared of, and you know, but you get to know him, you're like, oh, he's got like you know a little bit of a heart to him. And Kelsey pointed out, I didn't even think of this, like Tyrion, who in the books is way more, you know, his, he's missing his nose, I his think. Figure, like, yeah. yeah, so you know, we're like, okay, he kind of rolls with a little bit more of the non-stereotypical here. And the last thing I really thought about was, uh, what is his name? The one who's in love with Daenerys. Um, Oh man, the one who was banned by Daenerys, sexy Mormont. guy with the long hair, Mormont. Mormont. Oh, Mormont. Oh, is it, that's not Mormont. It's Mormont's son. Oh yes, yes, yes. But oh, he has the grayscale now, yeah, which is slowly turning him into like a rock creature. Yeah. So I'm like, ooh, that might be the most like on the nose one yet. So Sir Jorah Mormont. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, that's close. That was what stood out to me. Does it help us? I don't know, but I just thought it was really cool. So Yeah, I mean, and he definitely brought up, like, you know, the flawed character. And, you know, it was kind of through talking with Stan Lee and how he was so innovative in his characters. Because, you know, before then you see all these superheroes and all these characters who, you know, they have this almost duty. Like, they, like, want to be the hero. And, like, you know, they feel like it's, like, their greater power. And it's, like, their greater sense. And all these other characters, like, he mentioned... You know, there's so many people that quit. They're like, no, I'm done. Like, I'm done being superhero. Like, and you've never seen that before. So it was really cool getting his take on another creator's creations, I yeah. guess. And just kind of seeing how that really affected him. He also kind of talked about his rough upbringing and how comics helped him through it. And how even reading, he actually talked a lot more about sci-fi and how it was able to take him to another place and how it really influenced him. And with that, you know, I think so many of us, you know, we see these people who you can actually almost idolize. Like so many people love Game of Thrones and they love Wildcard and all these different things that he's created. How can you ever possibly imagine that George R. R. Martin ever went through a hard time? You know, so many people see these others and they idolize them and like, well, they almost put them on a superhero level. They don't see them as people. And so once you actually sit down and you have a conversation with someone like him and you see like, no, like, you know, he's just like us. He was able, he had to learn through things and he didn't let it get the best of him. He actually created something so much more grand because of it. And who knows, like maybe if he didn't have that rough upbringing, he didn't have that sci-fi uh, background in comic books, we might not ever have Game of Thrones. And that's a really sad thought to think. <laughs> HBO he, would definitely be sad. He talks about yeah. growing up in the projects and, you, you know, how he grew up in this, you know, melting pot of culture. And, and, you know, you think about Game of Thrones and you think about all these people from different plant, you know, different worlds and different complete, like, night and day where the Greyjoys live versus where, you know, how the Lannisters upbringing. And you think about, well, had he not experienced all these different upbringings while growing up, like, what would Game of Thrones be? Would it, everything be Westeros all over the whole world? Like, that'd be kind of boring. So, you know, it's interesting to see how someone's personal experiences can shape them and allow them to share something special like that. And I mean, the first book was published so long ago, and it still has yeah. that diversity represented in it. Yeah. Oh, I want to hear that whole interview. The whole thing. Okay. I'll, I'll, <laughs> me I'll, we transfer it. Yeah, no problem. Classified information. I don't know. <laughs> well, and like, I, I, would, I would love to hear it because you guys asked me incredible questions, right, about stuff that 
like, I think about this stuff all the time, you know? And you did catch me off guard a few times, and, and, and you asked me about things that I hadn't thought about in a while, right? And they're just really good questions. So I'm curious, were there any questions that, just from your perspective, like that you probably asked him that he doesn't get asked very often? We kind of pride ourselves on trying to ask the questions that haven't been asked before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know, let me think. I, I didn't get to ask you this before, like once we were done with the interview, one of my questions is for people, did we ask you different stuff? Because you just, you know, especially coming from the background, like Kelsey and I have of working with like athletes and celebrities, you deal with a lot of people who you see answering the same questions every time. And, like, I am neither of those things. Yeah, like, <laughs> and you, no one wants to be like labeled one thing and have yeah. to stick to that, regardless of what it might be. Even a, I'm a gigantic Game of Thrones fans fan but like that doesn't mean every time i see someone that's all i want to talk about but you know when you're a professional basketball player you that's all you're going to answer questions about if you're george r R. martin i'm sure that's all you're going to answer you know what are you going to end up doing john snow like all so i think he you know actually just enjoyed me being like so why you know comic books and kelsey asking him questions of stuff that no one probably asks him like you know, who's your favorite superhero growing up? Like, everyone just wants to know, you know, pick his brain about, like, what's when next, is the next for Game of Thrones. Yeah, and yeah. that's got to get exhausting. So hopefully Kelsey and I are able to kind of ask people things that they have background, you know, and familiarity with. But at the same time, it's not something they've been asked about at nauseum. Yeah, and honestly, it's been such a whirlwind of an experience for us. I can barely even remember the questions I asked you an hour ago. So, <laughs> excuse. We'll go back and do some research for you. Yeah, cool, 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 cool. Did you, have you, were there any other celebrities, you know, or creators that, that you've interviewed so far? Kelsey weathered Neil Adams, who we had been told might be very tough. Um, just because, I mean, he, he has such strong viewpoints on certain things. So, yeah. you, know, you know, you always want to tread carefully. And, you know, going in, Kelsey was like, all right, I can do this. And, I mean, she, she did great. So, uh, oh, thank you. he was big. Just, I'm just curious, how did you interview him? Because uh, I, I once interviewed him, like, very briefly. I was with a friend. He was doing every, And the only way we could talk to him was, like, at a table while he was signing for someone. Same thing for you? Uh, yeah. So it wasn't while he was signing. We actually we talked to him the night before or the day before. We were at the Stanley Comic Con in L.A. And we went up to his table. He happened to be there. We were talking to him. He's kind of giving us a side eye. And he was like, what do you want? What are you here for? Who are you with? <laughs> and so we are explaining it. And he's like... Uh, yeah, uh, actually, if you want to come in tomorrow before it opens, 8.30, you got to wake up kind of early. He's like, so be here at 8.30 and I'll interview th- and like, I'll interview with you then. So we're like, okay, yeah, we'll be there. And I think he totally expected us to just blow it off, not be there. Um, and we had already gone through this whole thing the day before when we were trying to interview Travis Langley and as press creden- as having press credentials, we weren't even able to get into the exhibitors hall before it opened. And we had to go through all these different obstacles to try to get there. So we actually had um, we had one of Brad's friends help us out by getting us an exhibitor pass as well. And then we got there at 8.30, and then it turns into 8.35. 8.35 turns into close to 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock kind of turns into like 9.15. We're like kind of sitting there. The exhibit hall is supposed to open soon. And one of his helpers comes and is like setting up the table. He's like, are you guys here to interview Neil Adams? We're like, yeah. Oh, okay, let me call him he's eating breakfast. All right, he'll be here soon. And we're like, <laughs> we almost got stood up by Neil Adams. But it was awesome. We were able to interview him right before doors opened. He was 
great. He gave us so many of his opinions, obviously, because it's Neil Adams. <laughs> and so we kind of rolled with it. I kind of joke around where he would sometimes I would say. So, for example, one of the questions was, why are comic books so popular? They're actually not popular at all. <laughs> As Silence. a matter of fact, <laughs> yeah. no. Silence. So it was awesome. Like, you know, just kind of rolling with it and to be able to, to speak to someone who maybe not everyone necessarily knows, which is unfathomable because he's had such a great impact yeah. on that world. Um, but it was great. Yeah, he's one of those people that if you see his art, you recognize it, but you may not know the name. And then, yeah, a lot of people, are, like we interviewed Adam Beechin, who's amazing guy mm-hmm. and is one of those people like he's had his hands in everything he's written transformers he's written an episode of teenage mutant ninja turtles you know like all these different series that people grow up with but because he's not you know he's done robin batman but a lot of people you when you hear the name they're synonymous with one thing and when you're not that you usually don't get that kind of reckon you know everyone knows neil adams oh green lantern green arrow okay you know george r, r. martin game of thrones but when you're someone who's kind of experience a lot of different things i personally think that's amazing but a lot of times you don't get the notoriety because you, you're kind of not synonymous with being the creator of blank or the one person who did blank and i mean he was awesome too like you know especially like working with as many industry professionals as he has i mean just to get insight from all these different people has been yeah, an incredible experience so as I alluded to you before, we are in an abandoned floor space. Not abandoned, empty. Not abandoned. Not abandoned. It's, it's yeah. being rented out. It's just scary. Not. <laughs> but it's not. It's it's empty. In in New York, you guys uh, are from Arizona. Like we just I'm, hang I'm, out in abandoned warehouses uh, everywhere. Is that just <laughs> you look for? That's not a national thing. What? Are we weird? This is a reality TV show. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is an adventure. Like I, I I wanted to ask you guys about what it is that you guys are doing. So. Um, now you're in New York. You're going to interview a few people here. Um, where else have you gone and where else are you going? Like, how long, like, and then go ahead and tell me more about the scope. Like, how, like, are you almost done? Are you just getting started? <laughs> kind of both, you know, kind of a little bit getting started, a little bit getting finished. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Rolling with Elaborate. the punches, right? <laughs> We've been everywhere. Yeah, we have. Um, this is one of our last, like, trips that we have planned for, you know, any anytime soon, but... I mean, that's the thing that's tough. One of the greatest lines I ever heard was, um, and I don't know where, you know, one of my best friends told me about it, but I don't know where he got it from. He said, an artist's work is never done, it's abandoned. And then I'm like, yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing with like a project like this. I mean, we've been fortunate enough now to interview tons of amazing people. We definitely have enough, but me being, when can you, when do you stop wanting to talk about this stuff like when do you want to be like all right i'm kind of burnt out on talking about game of thrones and green lantern it's like no this is what i always want to do so yeah i guess there will come a time with me me and kelsey have to actually sit down and be like all right let's go with what we have let's start the process of putting this together and maybe as we go along saying you know what we could we could use a little bit more insight as to this okay who could we get for that um but yeah at some point you do got to kind of say like okay we're, we're we're going with what we got and i definitely think we could go either way right now like Ed- ed- editing 50 hours of content is a lot easier than 500 <laughs> true true <laughs> you need to stop at some point i know i know it's hard writing brad in so yeah, if you can do it say, let me know <laughs> amazing at being the more like realistic one as like all right but like how are we really going to do this i don't care it'll just work out she's like all right but can- just tell me how. Like, give me one scenario in which this happens to work. Like, so she does a very good job of me bringing me back down the reality and me saying, like, all right, yeah, I guess it's time. It's just what I do, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. just what I do. <laughs> also, this podcast is very good for accountability. 
I will remind you. <laughs> I will check in. Like, what's, what's going on? Where, where, where's the project at? What's the latest update? Yeah, yeah. That's we're good. On, Sometimes you need that kick in the butt. Yeah. We're on hour 499, so hopefully yes, we get below that 500 <laughs> that you talked about in our very first podcast 10 years ago. No. <laughs> As for other places we've been, we've done California a couple of times, Tucson, uh, New York now. I know I'm forgetting. Texas. Texas. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot, but again, where do you, you know, I'd, I'd like us to ideally be, you know, start the process of editing and putting this all together, but you don't want to rule out San Diego Comic-Con either. I mean, there's, so you, you talk about like strength and community and strength of, you know, when people come together for a, a just thing that they all love and they're passionate about, I mean, what better way to, you know, to show that or illustrate that than hundreds of thousands of people walking through the door of San Diego Comic-Con. So part of me is like, you can't stop before then. Like, we've got to keep going until then. But, I mean, you can constantly put this off. And you could be like, well, let's wait for Game of Thrones to be concluded and kind of talk about the importance of that. So you, you can always find excuses to continue going. But, I mean, that's up to you, Kelsey. At some point, you've got to reel me in and be like, we're, we're done. We're done here. Let's, let's make this. I'm going to be a scapegoat now? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. up to me. Oh, well, if it's up to me, then okay. It's going to be a whole different story. No. Um, it's been, yeah, it's been a fun adventure. I gotta say, I'm jealous because you guys have a team. You guys are working together all in the same place, even if you're traveling and, and all that stuff. I mm-hmm. don't have that. <laughs> I, I recorded Lara and she's in San Francisco. Yeah, I haven't seen crazy. her in years. <laughs> no, that's nuts. <laughs> so how are you guys working together? Like, how are you guys divvying up stuff? Like, so, so behind the scenes, right? We, we did, um, we did an interview here. So, Brad, you were holding the camera and you were you were monitoring the audio. And Kelsey, you were interviewing me, grinding, you know, those questions. Just, yeah, chipping <sighs> away. Didn't take it easy on me. Peeling the layers. <laughs> is this is this the format that you guys are taking everywhere you go? And and are there? I think you mentioned there's someone else on your team. Yeah, yep. we have Arvin Navratnasingham. Um, so shout out to Arvin. He's amazing. He does. Sup, All Arvin. our visual graphics. Hmm? Sup, Arvin. <laughs> <laughs> Great guy. Um, he, you know, he does work a, a job like most people in the world. Um, so isn't always afforded the luxury of being able to drop everything for like an impromptu trip to New York. Um, but I mean, yeah, definitely it's great when, we, you know, he's on board and we're able to go to Comic-Cons and it adds gives us the opportunity to do so much more. It, it's tough. I mean, I've been, I've been a one-man crew. I've been part of a team, and it's obviously a lot easier when you're part of a team. Yeah, and I would definitely say that Brad has been the workhorse for this whole project. It's definitely his baby. Like, you know, he came up with the idea. Superhero Faces was also his idea as well, and that's kind of how this all stemmed as well. And he's really put in the time and the effort to do all the research, reach out to people, um, like kind of coordinate everything. And then I've just kind of filled in the pieces wherever he needs me. And I've just been trying to, like, you know, just be there any way that I can you know, sitting here grinding away with questions. And uh, it's kind of been this dual thing where we really are helping each other wherever needed and just kind of keeping each other grounded. It has been a process. And uh, luckily, I don't think we've hit the hardest part of it yet. Um, but, you know, you always want to knock on wood and hope that if the hardest thing is that there's a W train now instead of a Q. <laughs> New York <laughs> reference. Yeah. Then, um, you know, it's just at the end of the day, you have to have the bigger goal inside of we want to help people and like this is really important. So that's really what's driving us and and letting us know that we're on the right path. So go, so go. I want to hear more about that. Like, what do you envision once it's all over? What do you want to look back and, and see? Like, what, what do you think it'll look like? Hmm, well, we kind of talk about this all the time. For me personally, um, 
I really think it's important. I think it's such a great medium to be able to tell that, yeah, it's entertainment at the end of the day, you know, comic books, like they, you know, obviously you can look at them and it's great art and all this different things. But at the end of the day, it's really powerful and it has, there are so many examples of it helping people through difficult times. It's literally saved some people's lives. Even Neil Adams, like he said that someone came up to him with his brother and he had an addiction, he had an addiction. And before that was even really talked about, you know, there was a comic book about addiction and it helped save his brother's life. So going past the stigma of, you know, you know, there's this whole geek culture, which, you know, you've talked about it, it's being embraced more and people are actually being proud of it. But there's so much more to it, you know, cosplaying, there's people who are being empowered by it and who are coming into their own and being able to like really channel like their inner superhero. And we want to be able to help people with that. And at the end of the day, if one person sees it and they're like, wow, like I can really resonate with this or this really helped me through a difficult time or even like, you know what, like even, even if it just kind of opens up their eyes and maybe it didn't help them, then, you know, it doesn't need to change the world, but even if it kind of opened up their eyes and helped them see a different way, then I think that for me is a great accomplishment. What about you? I mean, this is your baby. You know, um, <laughs> man, like, I just go back and forth so many times and there's so many different things. I mean, there's no shortage of ways in which popular culture is being used to help people. I mean, you know, we talked to um, Dr. Kerry Atkinson, who's in, in Texas, and he teaches a criminal justice class, a college class, and uses Spider-Man as an example in every lesson he teaches and kind of how did Spider-Man use, you know, with great power comes great responsibility and whether you're a member of, the, you know, society, the police, the judicial system, whatever, you, you're given a certain power and you have to use it responsibly. And this relates, this is a theme that we can all relate to. Um, you know, and that's totally different than someone who might be a therapist or a psychologist. And then, you know, we, we've come into so many stories just about uh, Comic Care, who's a group in Arizona who goes around to children's hospitals dressed up as, you know, superheroes and just, you know, brightens up the day of, uh, of someone in a hospital or someone going through a tough time. And you think of all the different applications to superheroes and, you know, geek culture and geek th therapy. It's, it's so wide a spectrum, which, again, brings us back to it's tough sometimes to limit it and say, okay, we're done telling the story. Like, the story's not done. The story is currently ongoing. There are new stories developing every day and new examples we come across every day. Me and Kelsey will share each other, like, you know, new stories about, a, you know, a comic book writer writing about a Syrian refugee. And we're like, how cool is that to, like, take that point of view of somebody? That's something that not everyone out there is doing. So... Fortunately, very fortunately, it's not something like, okay, this, this story is done now. It's time to wrap it up and tell it. So, I mean, it's, it's a very good thing. It's a very good t time to be a geek, and it's a very good time right now to find creative ways to use our fandom for a greater good. Make America geeky again. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what does this look like, do you think? Like when, you, when you envision it and you're towards the end, you, you, you finally decide... It's, it's done for now, right? It's abandoned. Uh, like, like, what do you see? Do you see it clearly, or do you, is it still like forming? I do. You know, one of the things that's really interesting is I, of course, me being me, I've watched a lot of a um, like history of comic book documentaries, and like PBS did that great series not too long ago, and I think it was History Channel did a great one. It was right around the time when oh, was it 
Bradbury, who someone wrote the book like Comic Book Nation, which was a great book about the history of comic books. Talks about like the comic book, the authority code, and you know all that. And I think the History Channel did a documentary on it. But the thing with those is, they're usually telling the history of comic books, which is cool, and I love it. But my biggest question that I want to ask, and you touched on this during the interview at one point, is, well, what do we do about it? Like, okay, great, we know we all love superheroes, we know we all love Star Trek and Star Wars. Why does that matter? And I think that's a big important question to ask. You know, what what can we do? And not, not to take advantage of it, but what can we do to kind of help other people that maybe haven't been introduced to this? And, you know, especially one of the things you work with a lot is someone who's going through a difficult time. And I, I, I wish I was gifted and talented enough to tell you how it could be better. But what I can do is tell you, you know what, like this artist or this author has done a very good job of talking about this issue I would recommend you check this out and that artist is going to be able to do something for you that I can. I wish I had the artistic ability as some of the people we've spoken with. I don't, but what I can do is kind of be a messenger of sorts and kind of say like, well, here's someone who can help you. Why don't you watch this? And I think it'll help you. So to kind of answer your question, I think I would like to show the history of pop culture and how much we've evolved over the years and how far we've come from comic books being considered, you know, the, the... Ape Deadly Sin to being where we are now, um, yeah. but also showing, well, what do we do about it? Now that we know that comic books aren't harmful to kids and video games aren't necessarily harmful to kids, how can they be helpful? Let's go the opposite way now and let's say instead of everything's a threat, everything's a threat, how can they be positive? So that's, if that kind of answers your question, which shows how little I don't have it all figured out yet, but I have an idea. <laughs> okay, yeah, that seemed, that's like the impact that you wanted to have. Right. And yeah, I mean, I agree 100%. I like this. I like this idea. I support this 100%. Um, and so is it going to look like format wise then? Is it going to be like a series? Is it, is it a, a three hour? We had pictured like an like independent. You know, it's so funny that you say like <laughs> you and several others, when we tell people kind of what we're doing, everyone's been so amazing. Like everyone's been awesome. Like, and people say like, I love what you're doing. And me and Kel, I can't speak for Kelsey, but I kind of think to myself, that's awesome because I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> so when everyone's like, what you guys are doing is great. Keep like, doing it. And I'm like, so can you tell me what we're doing? <laughs> I'm like, I have no idea what, what we're doing. What does it look like to like, you? <laughs> <laughs> so what if is If you were, yeah. <laughs> if you were in my shoes. We envision a future documentary. Okay. Um, that we can enter in the film festivals and see what kind of traction and attention they get. Um, and to see if this is something that could be brought to you know Netflix or uh, Hulu or I mean, again the thing that makes it great and more difficult there's there's so many different avenues to go these days. There's not one way to go where we're like, all right, well we gotta kind of help things work out with this. Like now I mean, you have Amazon looking for content. There are so many different and obviously like I'm thinking big and thinking best case scenario, but that to yeah. me is the only way you should work. You should think of like what is our ultimate goal? What is the best case scenario? Okay, that's not working. What's a different avenue we can go? Now let's get creative. But I think Kelsey and I both envision at best case scenario this being something that can be shown in theaters, um, you know, whether at an independent level or a more national level. And the more people we get to see, the more people ideally we help and that get to see that they're not alone in admiring these superheroes and knowing that it's kind of a good thing that you relate to these people and it's psychologically healthy that you enjoy these stories and that they can help you. 
No, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear it. it's like, well, you know, I'm just going to watch it at home, you know, <laughs> invite some friends over. No, no, think big. No, I love that. I love that. And I, so you guys have a sports background, mm-hmm. right? So for me, the way that I used to have to explain what I did or, or what geek culture was, the easiest analogy was always comparing it to sports, right? Yeah. It's always been that. So I'm, I'm wondering... Like, has that made it easier for you to, to talk about the project or reach out to people in any way? I didn't even kind of think about that. How did you relate things to sports? So, for example, uh, cosplay, people uh, wearing... Um, uh, like a uniform or something? No, no, not, not just uniforms. Um, like, when I was a kid, I had my, my uh, starter jacket. I was a Bulls fan, right? I had my Jordans. I had my Bulls hat. I had my jersey. But it was, you know, like, your whole audience, right, at a game all the fans are dressed up supporting their team, right? So I see cosplay the same exact way. Like, oh, I'm dressing up as this character that I really like. And if you put them all together, right, like, oh, that's all one show. That's all one thing. It's kind of like, oh, you're representing your team. You admire that team. Same kind of thing, right? Okay. So, I mean, there's all these um, analogies, right? There's all these comparisons. And sports metaphors are really useful. Like, I use them all the time. I don't talk about it that much on the show. But, I mean, if you're into basketball, you're into football, that's where, that's where we're going. That, that's what we're going to be talking about. So, I mean, I think it's, it's such a natural thing. And sometimes, I, like, I can tell on, by, by the look on your faces, right? It's one of those things, like, we, we take for granted mm-hmm. because it's so accepted, especially here in the United yep. States. In other countries, it would be soccer, right? And, and those athletes are, those are their superheroes, right? Those are the ones that... I'm assuming there's athlete fanfic out there somewhere, right? (laughs) Right, so like the parallels are so close. I'm just, I'm curious, but coming from that world, I would assume it would be like an easy transition into like one very intense fandom to another. Huh, that's actually interesting because that actually raises a point. When we were driving to California, we were actually listening to one of your podcasts. And afterwards, it was kind of around when the Cubs started doing really well and uh, Brad's girlfriend, Kate, is a huge Cubs fan. And we were kind of talking about that with, we can't really relate on like a super fandom level to where you're like crying if your team is making it. So it's funny that you bring up that example because we did have that discussion of where it's kind of the same as like super sports fans. I've thought of it a lot just because growing up as a sports geek and a geek geek, but being a little bit more going to school and, you know, I embraced as a kid more of my sports side because you weren't as likely to get ridiculed if you showed up wearing a sports jersey as you were a comic book t-shirt. So I would be hanging out, you know, my sports friends and they would kind of, you know, someone would make a snide comment about comic books or someone who might dress up in cosplay and, you know, me just being kind of, you know, taking offense to it, I'd get really, really defensive. And I've had the argument with friends and say, oh, so those people are weird that, like, dress up as, like, their favorite superhero. And they'd be like, yeah. I'm like, but it's not weird to wear, like, a Brett Favre jersey and put, like, a cheese on your head. And they're like, well, no, you're showing you support something. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's way different than we may, we've not been wearing the a same Batman thing mask. at all. Yeah. And they're like, no, but those people, like, go on and put makeup and stuff. And I'm like, I, I've never watched a sporting event where a fan paints their face. I'm like, that sounds crazy. Well, I'm writes like, a letter on their bare chest and they like, just takes <laughs> yeah, their shirt yeah. off. Yeah. I'm like, it's no different. It's, it's showing you're, you're passionate about something. And why should one thing be put on a pedestal and the other thing be knocked down? They're, they're literally the same 
same thing, you know, in several ways. So it's always aggravated that sports fans have looked at the comic book fans and be like, you're worshiping, you know, fake superheroes. And, you know, I'm like, you don't necessarily know anything about the athletes that you're idolizing. You don't know who they are behind their masks that they wear. At least I know who Bruce Wayne is and what he stands for. I'm like, I have more familiarity with Bruce Wayne than you do Brett Favre. So I'll take my chances with Bruce Wayne doing the right thing in real life. And... Several years later, you look back at Brett Favre's career, and I stand, you know, I made the right call. Man, there's going to be a lot of Mad Green Bay fans. I know, I know, I <laughs> know. I can't come up with a, a an equivalent for cheerleaders, though. I'm mm. not sure. I can't do it. Man. I can't, I can't. They are the, the, who does the rah-rah? Who's like the rah-rah of the comic book world? The, well, I mean, you've already got the fans, right? Yeah. Like the fans and the fans, that, that, that makes sense. But the cheerleaders? I, I guess we don't, you don't know, know, we don't. <laughs> That's what we need in geek culture. We need cheerleaders. Maybe it's like the sexier cosplayers are the cheerleaders. The cheerleaders? <laughs> maybe. Like, no. They bring maybe. in an audience of people that wouldn't normally. I mean, there are people maybe. that now go to Comic Cons that like check out the cosplay and like, oh, this pretty girl. Like, so maybe that's bringing mm. in a new audience of people oh, who Or wouldn't. maybe, maybe like the idea of a kind of like a booth babe, like oh. that concept, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, okay. like maybe the cheerleaders aren't necessarily. Like that's their job. They aren't necessarily fans, right? right? They're Maybe. bringing people okay, into the, okay. like there might be people yeah. who don't like the sport, but are like, ah, oh, like that's a pretty girl. Like I'll see what she has to say to me. I'm glad we figured this out because this is this is actually think, yeah. bothering me. Yeah, crack the case. <laughs> the thing that's interesting though is it maybe. Geek culture doesn't require cheerleaders and dancers because if you look at a lot of the quote-unquote bigger, prouder sports franchises, they didn't implement that until much later in their history. The Knicks and the Lakers of the world, they were some of the later teams to kind of use. So, I mean, you watch a, a Knicks timeout or a Lakers timeout, and they don't have all this you know, stuff going on on the court and all these games being played. They're like, look, if you came here, you came here for the sport. You go to a Yankees game, you're not getting all this cheer really loud. Like, they don't do that at Cubs games. So maybe sports fandom is different than comic book fandom because if you're a comic book fan, you know why you went there. You don't need to be reminded of, yeah. you know, when to stand up and yell at your TV. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like, you know, if you love a certain superhero or a certain character you're gonna love them no matter what even if uh maybe the creator takes them a different way if let's stick with brett Favre, i guess <laughs> brett Favre throws an interception and they run it back for a touchdown you're gonna be pissed off you may you might oh or like when you see lebron go to miami and people are burning his jersey <laughs> like you don't really see people burning like a superman cape i don't think that's ever really happened Unless yeah, just I'm angry <laughs> youtube comments mostly you yeah, there's no burning really interesting yeah. where the comparisons <laughs> I watch the Red Wedding. I don't need someone telling me, now stand up and scream. Like, I know to do that. So maybe that's like where the you know, similarities end is, you know, sports a lot of time remind their fans how to react in certain situations yeah. versus geek fans. We kind of just pick up on it. Yeah. Yeah. There was no sign that said gasp at Red yeah, Wedding. Yeah. <laughs> Cry with Ned Stark. Oh. We talked a lot about... Um, Game of Thrones today, and a lot of very cool stuff. Yeah. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed hanging out with you guys today. Thank you, we a lot. So you don't think that we've kept you captive in this? <laughs> no, uh, other than the very creepy setting, um, <laughs> I am. I, I've had a great time, and I'm so glad. I'm so glad that we got to do this. I'm so glad that you guys are doing this. Again, like you made an excellent point. A lot of us aren't doing. I mean, most of us don't do audio, right? Uh, again, in this, on the helping people use geek culture in a, in a positive way 
a lot of people, you know, in education, there's a lot more podcasts and things like that mm-hmm. that they kind of touch into the, in these areas. But in, in mental health, there, there aren't that many. And probably a lot of other people you spoke to, you know, most of us don't have any kind of media outlet. And, and it's unfortunate, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, we we're talking before, I started doing this because I wanted more things like that. And a lot of us aren't doing video. Some of us because we, we hate the way our hair looks right now. And because, <laughs> because we're growing it out. And, <laughs> and I won't, uh, I won't turn on my camera, but I have one, right? Like we, we talked about it. Like there's, there's different ways to, to kind of spread the word. And, and I'm so glad that you guys exactly. are doing it. And I think it's important, you know, especially when it comes to mental health, I guess you can kind of have the correlation between even geek culture and geek therapy and everything like that, where if you don't talk about it, sometimes it's almost like this hush hush of like, okay, well we know what's going on, but we're going to kind of push it to the side. The more you bring it to light, you know, you kind of referenced this earlier. Like if people are afraid of something, they're not going to want to understand it. The more you kind of bring it to light and show actually, you know what? Like just because someone's going to a therapist or just because maybe someone goes to a comic con, they don't make that doesn't make them so much more different than you. You know, we all have things that we can relate to and being able to have that medium and give a voice to people who oftentimes feel voiceless is such a great thing and like if you can do it, you should and it just kind of goes a part of all of us being human, all of us being a part of the bigger cosplay where we all have the skin on the outside, but on the inside, we can all really relate to each other um, in such a, a greater way. It, it's been amazing. Like the people that have thanked us for, for doing that. I mean, we interviewed, um, you know, one, one guy was dressed up as Cruella DeVille. It was just an awesome costume. You know, it was just really cool cosplay. Cool. And we just wanted to talk to him about that. But he opens up and said, you know, growing up as a young gay boy, I didn't have a lot of male characters that I felt I could idolize. I was, you know, more, you know, steered towards female characters. And I looked to heroines for, to help me through a rough time. And, you know, just like to hear all these different people's experiences have been crazy. And we, we talked to a gentleman at um, Stanley's Comic-Con who's dressed up as Wonder Woman. And, you know, we, and, you know, I think, there's a a natural reaction to be protective and when someone asks you for an interview okay are they going to try to embarrass me well you know like i mean that's human nature we want to you know not be embarrassed um so we interviewed him and i'm always super hypersensitive about like i want to make sure this person feels like we're making them feel like good like we're we're trying to do the right thing here like and when the interview ended he said like thank you guys so much for grabbing me for an interview no one has done that and i always feel you know, we, you know, he wasn't doing this. I'm sure there are people out there that dress up as an opposite gender to get a reaction. And, but there are people that do it. And, you know, he said growing up, he connected to Wonder Woman more than he did other heroes. Why should he not have the right to dress up as Wonder Woman? And said, thank you for making me feel a part of it by not just looking at me, but saying, hey, can we grab you to ask you a few questions? And those moments have been the most remarkable part, part of this whole process. Yeah, he felt genuinely empowered. And it was, it was nice to be able to... Like, you know, you don't always get into it to, to do that. But when some people, like, when they do have that reaction, it's like, wow, okay, you know, it makes you really know that you're on the right path. And, you know, it makes you feel good almost in a selfish way. It's like that episode of Friends where Phoebe thinks there's selfless acts that you can do for other people. She's like, I let a bee sting me. And then Joey's like, no, like, that bee died after he's telling you. She's like, dang it. <laughs> I really just came into this to be on this podcast at some point. It was my motivation from the start. So I'm good. <laughs> fantastic you did it you did yes. it brad i'm good now no matter what happens <laughs> anything is possible okay yeah no again this is this has been great um now you have to do it because you've been on the podcast I know. so uh, where can where can people learn more about the project where can they follow you 
both of you, everything that you guys are doing, where? Plug away, Kelsey. Oh, I am a former PR person. Um, so superherofaces.com is where you can keep up to, with all of the different projects that we're working on, especially with updates on this. As we go along, we're going to be having separate videos with all of the different artists and you know people like yourself that we've been speaking to. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Um, as well as Facebook, so Superhero Faces. And then me personally, um, I'm on every social media medium at Kelsey Lee underscore D. And my name is Kelsey Dickerson, I guess. I don't know if you want to friend me. I love friends. <laughs> I need some friends, guys. You're my I friend now. Friends, but <laughs> I'll take you. on it anymore. So I'm at orange underscore crusader. But yeah, we definitely, you know, right now, I just want to... Let everyone know that they are part of a greater community than they might feel at times. So check us out at Superhero Faces um, on Twitter and on Facebook. And, you know, hopefully we'll get that following big enough where we can have lots of people able to share lots of different stories with one another. Yes, and speaking of that, we are always open to ideas. So if there's anything that anyone thinks of that maybe hasn't been touched upon or that they really think is a great um, like you know a great idea to really explore especially in geek culture let us know we would love to explore it and have conversation an open conversation about it thank you guys thank, thank you, you. For doing this, podcast. this is so great thank you